0: Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Good morning. Can you hear me? Fantastic. Sandlot. We're in our Summer of the movie series. This is week six. Uh... Kind of hitting off today with probably the greatest kids' sports movie ever. Right? Angels in the Outfield, close second, but The Sandlot. Some would say Hoosiers. I would say, that's not really a kids' movie, but Hoosiers is awesome. You don't think Hoosiers is awesome, Joey? You like Hoosiers, right? Bad Bad News Bears. I forgot about Bad News Bears. Anybody grow up in that era with the original Bad News Bears? Yeah, that's pretty good. Hard to beat. But for us, for my generation on down, the Sandlot is the movie. The movie. The kid sports movie of all time. It's it's uh it's classic. I wanna start you off by uh introducing a few characters to you. The first and the main character is Scott Smalls, okay? And then we've got Ham, which is the freckled kid that he has the famous line. We're not gonna see a clip of it today, but what did he say? You're killing me. Smalls, yeah, very good. Uh, the catcher there. And then we've got, yeah, yeah, it says, yeah, yeah, after everything. It's pretty self-explanatory. Got Squints, wears the glasses, kissed the girl there, made a move on her. That was pretty, pretty sweet, pretty swift there. And then we've got Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Benny, head and shoulders above the rest, and we're going to see why in a minute. Now, Scott is a boy who kind of just moved to town He's uh, he, he's new there, no friends, he's not really good at much, uh, he's good at science projects as you can see, popped his mom in the forehead with that little marble thing. He's uh, a smart kid, makes good grades, all that stuff, but he's not really good at sports. And in this town, wherever he's, where they're at, baseball is king. Baseball rules all. And if he's going to fit in, he's got to get in with the baseball players, and he stumbles on to this crew that meets every day after school it's at the end of the school years and, and he they meet at this secret little location the sand lot, and they just play ball they just throw it around hit it around and, and no, nobody's keeping scores you'll see in a sec but this is he realizes this is the crew he's got to fit into and something about else about Scott he uh he's awkward a little awkward um He's, he's struggling to fit in anywhere he goes, but his, his uh, dad died when he was little, um, small baby, and then his, his stepdad, he and his stepdad don't get, quite get along very well. His stepdad is played by Dennis Leary, by the way, and, and that's a neat sequence to see them. You know, He's asking him, begging him to play catch all the time, and Dennis Leary's like, yeah, 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 in a little bit, you know, and he can, keeps pushing him aside and pushing him off. What I want you to see, first of all, about Scott is that he's considered an outcast, a lost cause. He's been pushed to the side most of his life. Anybody ever felt like, that way? Am I the only one that's ever felt that way? I mean, look, if you've been through middle school, you have felt like an outcast. You've felt like, even if you're in the cool crowd, even if you're in the popular crowd, you still feel awkward. Everything is awkward. You're trying to form relationships and you don't quite know how to do that yet. And you're, you're not, you're not a, big kid, you're not a small kid, and you, your body's doing all sorts of weird things and hormones and stuff, and you just don't really know who you are. This is Scott Smalls. This is who he is. He has no idea who he is, what, he, what he's, where he fits, and he's just moved to this town, ripped out of his, where he's from, and all his friends there, and it's the end of the school year, and he says, you know, I had no time to make friends before the summer, and that really stinks. He's, he's he's giving you his plight here. There's good news for the lost cause. Let's watch this clip, and it'll explain a little bit more about who Scott is. Wow. I mean, I could hear the laughing in the room. I mean, you, you feel bad for the kid, but you cannot help but laugh. And the kids are, like, falling all over the place laughing. And uh, can I just say something about that bill, that hat he's wearing? Let's just let's just point that out real quick and get that out of the way. It's, it's not awkward at all. It's like that long. I don't know what I don't know what planet he's on to keep the sun out of his eyes there, but uh, that's a massive bill. In fact, Benny says to him later on in another clip. We're not going to see it, but he says, "You got a fireplace?" He's like, "Yeah." Why? He's like, don't you throw that hat in it and burn the hat?" And he uh, he gives him another hat. And uh, but uh, we're going to see um, the character of Benny Rodriguez in a sec. You know, if you're like me. You can relate to Scott Smalls in some way, I mean even in even the smallest way and i, and I got I have a story for you, but it, and, and I'm sure there are people in this room that have moved a lot and have moved across country and have have been ripped out of their social circle and placed smack dab in the middle of something foreign and and and, and odd and and weird and and you're trying to make new friends. I know that my story is at at, at the end of fifth grade I, I went. Uh, I was enrolled in Ben Hill County Schools, which is in Fitzgerald, Georgia. You know who Fitzgerald is, all right. So I, I went there from kindergarten on through fifth grade. Had my friends there, different, you know, just it was there in that town. And then ten, about ten miles away is Osceola, which is a little smaller town. I grew up in Irwin County, um, but I went to school in Ben Hill County. It, back then, Ben Hill was much better school system and all that stuff. My parents put me there, and that's just the, kind of the way it was. But I had all these friends in my neighborhood that I played ball with, you know, summer and all that stuff and I hung out with that were in, in Irwin County schools. And they were like, You should come over, you should come over, come over. And they kept on, kept on, and said, Fine, I'm 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 com I'm switching schools. And uh even though I had friends there, it was awkward. It was really tough. Really tough. And I'm telling you, for a kid like Scott to be ripped out of his Circle and place somewhere else, and he doesn 't really know what he's good at yet and 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 he doesn't have an in to make friends there he's not good at baseball, obviously I mean what what options does he have it's terrible, especially for a kid that age and my story is mild compared to some i'm sure in this room, but it was still really tough i 'm telling you the only thing that saved me was that I was good at sports i played ball, all kinds of sports. So I naturally fell into a a group of people. Without it, without it, I do not know how my life would have turned out. And that was just one of the God's graces on my life at the point. But look, what, what happens if you're not, you don't know what you're good at at that age. What happens if, if you don't, can't quite find your identity and don't, quite know who you are and we as adults struggle with that too don't we, we we're, we're still fighting the battle of who we are and where we fit in and all that stuff this is Scott Small. this is where he's at and it's it's funny it's hilarious but it's terrible at the same time and by the way if we went up to the fence you saw the big the smoke and the rattling and stuff that's the beast okay you guys don't know who the beast is you need to watch the movie I'm not giving it away but there's good news for lost causes you know, he said at the end of the clip, you know, all the guys thought I was a lost cause. They just thought I was an outcast. I was, wasn't was good. I was making fun of me. But there's one kid in that crew that saw Scott differently. Let's watch this next clip. <laughs> there's a verse in Matthew chapter 9 that I love. I've always loved, and I think about when I think of the way God looks at us, which is different than maybe other people do. Matthew chapter 9, verses uh, verse 36. It says this. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Without a shepherd. And that's kind of how Benny saw Scott. You know, that's all the verse says. It doesn't go into Jesus' thoughts on the matter. He was kind of going around throughout the wilderness and other places. He's going to all these spots, and he was performing miracles, and he was healing people, and he was preaching. And the Bible says he just kind of stops and looks out over these thousands of people that are following him around, waiting on something cool to happen. And he has pity for them. Some versions say he has pity. I like the word compassion. Because it's a little deeper, has a little more feel to it, right? The Bible says he has, they had, he has compassion for them. Like he, his heart broke for them. He didn't cast them aside as, as lost causes, although um, society definitely did that. And especially to his, by the way, the 12 guys that he chose to follow him, to be his disciples, were definite outcasts. They were definite lost causes to society. Definite. They weren't, to, to everyone else, they weren't pulling their own weight. They were awkward. They didn't have, any, they wouldn't have any, anything they were good at, anything they could contribute. And here Jesus is. Here's my circle. Here, here is my inner circle, and I'm gonna do something with you. I'm gonna change the world with you. There's good news for the lost cause. You know, when we least expect it, when we least expect it or deserve it, God comes in, and shows grace, compassion. And I am that's my story. My story is is that uh at, at at an age of 14 God came in and and saved me. And I made him the boss, my savior. And he didn't consider me a lost cause even though Certainly in my life, I'm sure there have been people who've looked at me and said, this kid's a lost cause, or this person is, you know, an outcast, no good at anything, he's not going to amount to much, I'm sure. And look, there are people in this room that have, have heard that from teachers, from parents. Look, you've heard that. You have heard that you will never amount to anything from people before. There are people in this room that have heard that. Well, there's good news for you and for me. God does not see you that way. Thank God for that. That is grace. That is the grace and the compassion that Matthew 9 talks about. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says this, but God, so, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us, his, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that, have you, that you have been saved. You see, God offers grace for our sin, but He also offers acceptance and belonging for when we don't quite fit in anywhere. And most importantly, He offers redemption for the lost causes. You know, you and I have all, we all in here have felt like lost causes at some point. And the gospel for you. The gospel is for you, for every situation that you face in life where you don't, where we're struggling like smalls, or you don't quite fit in, or even worse, life is falling apart on you. Adults, there is grace for that moment. There is grace for those times. There is compassion that only comes from Jesus. Look, if you're looking for someone else's pity and compassion, besides the author of compassion, you're looking in the wrong place. We look for human comfort. We look, we, we, we look around for what we can see and feel. And we, we tap people on the shoulder. Hey, come make me feel better. I, come commiserate with me. This is what we do as humans. But it is not the gospel. The gospel supersedes that. Jesus, is the, is, is, that is who compassion and mercy and grace is found in. No one else. And then God brings people alongside us to offer those things as well you know God steps in and takes what the world calls lost cause does something amazing with it he redeems that's what God does he redeems you know I have this friend I had this friend when I was about seven or eight Um, his name was Keith and I have no idea where Keith is today what he's doing Um, doesn't have he's not on social media so you know that we can we can reconnect don't we um, we just kind of reconnect with people we've lost touch with but I have no idea where Keith is but let me tell you at, at seven or eight years old Keith was my boy he was my good friend but there were vast big huge differences between me and Keith alright I came from a home where we had plenty my knees were met my dad made good money I was an athlete I, You know, I, I, you know I fit in almost anywhere, just kind of just, I I was social butterfly and all that stuff, and I just liked being around people. Keith was a loner. Keith wasn't really good at much. He was dirty all the time. He came from a very, very poor home. I didn't know it. Shows you what a seven or eight year old can see and can't see at that age. You know, we're conditioned. We're conditioned to see to see differences and see things that 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 may separate us may make us different we're conditioned to think those things are bad we're conditioned to say I can't hang out with that person because they don't come from the same social circle I come from that's not the gospel it's not it's a self-centered way to live it's an other it's a self-focused mindset but at seven or eight I hadn't been my mind hadn't been, my heart hadn't been tarnished to see uh, differences in that way. And so I brought Keith home with me one day. Just hang out. We were going to camp out and all that stuff. The bond we had was Star Wars, right? We both love Star Wars. And we talked about it all the time. Played it at, re- you know, recess. I don't have recess anymore. Do we have, still have recess? Yeah, some. Not, not as much as back in the day. Like, it was awesome. And we played Star Wars and it had this big talk. Uh, kid that was Chewbacca all the time and he could do the voice real good and uh, I was Luke Skywalker of course I had to be Luke Skywalker I wasn't playing and then and Keith was Han Solo Keith was Han Solo because he's like rough around the edges and stuff you know scoundrel all that stuff you know so but this was this was my relationship with him and Keith was an outcast Keith didn't have many friends Um, I, I don't know I may have been the only friend he had at some point and then uh, we went our separate ways when i moved schools when i changed schools we kind of lost touch but he was he was a really great friend for all the right reasons for the for the for, re, for reasons that i can't look at someone and 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 explain how many times have i done that in my life how many times have you done that have we done that where we look at someone for face value we we scan them you know people do that they're like you know i get that look when i walk into uh lounge lounges High school or vallasta High, I walk in for lunch. Sometimes I'm like, kids that don't know me, they're like, don't they? That's all right. It's okay. I'll be their friend eventually. They'll know me. Um, but you get, we get scanned a lot. We get scanned. People scan us, and they decide whether they're going to have anything to do with us or not. You do that. I do that. It's the way, it's, it's our human, it's our nature. God comes in and gives us a new nature. When we accept Christ and allow him to come and renovate the heart, then we look at people as God sees them. We have compassion when we need to. We have mercy on them when we need to. This is the heart of Christ, and this is the gospel, folks. It's the gospel. You know, and when grace comes in like that, there will be a response when you and I experience that kind of grace, that kind of compassion, that kind of undeserved favor, whether it's from someone else or obviously from Jesus himself, look, it elicits a response. There must be a response to that. There will be a response. What is the response? Well, if you and I have been recipients of that kind of grace that comes through Christ, And the response will be that we're gonna move from a self-focused, self-centered existence to an others-focused existence. We're not gonna be self-centered anymore. We're gonna be others-centered. This is the heart of the gospel. Look, I'm a self-centered person. We all are. By nature, we fight the urge to be self-focused instead of others-focused. We fight that nature. I fight it every day. You do too. But I'm telling you, to, to live out the gospel is to live an others-focused existence. And, you know, the gospel, when it comes in and, it, and God does his thing in, in your heart, then there's going to be a response from me and from you. You know, I've written, I, I've been in the place where I've been written off by people, and you've been in a place where you've been written off, and you've written off other people, and I'm certainly not... Uh, you know, I'm not the poster child for dispensing grace, but I need to be a dispenser of grace. I need to be someone who gives out, hands out grace freely. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. I'm good at receiving it. I'm good at getting somebody's mercy or somebody's compassion and saying, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm good at that. But I am terrible at living that out for someone else. I'm terrible. It, it's, it's not, it's a, it goes against my nature. Jesus comes in and undoes my nature, gives me a new nature because I have been found as a lost person, as an outcast, as as a lost cause, I've been found in Christ and it must elicit a response from me and from you. This is the heart of the gospel to be others focused, others centered. How can you and I not leave here today and i live that out. How can you and I hear that? How can I hear this and not do something about it and not share this in the circles that I live in every day? The response will be an overt and intentional one to advance the gospel, to share Jesus with our friends, to have compassion on people who you may sit here think and think they don't deserve it and i invite you to think about and think of one person in your life that n- desperately needs grace and mercy right now you know who that is the response of the gospel is to go and have compassion on them extraordinary compassion you know what that changes lives folks i'm telling you when somebody's out there floundering around like smalls nobody thinking nobody cares Nobody loves them and you come alongside them and you love them with an extraordinary love that doesn't come from you, it comes from Christ himself. Look, lives are changed, transformed in that manner. Absolutely, I want to be that. I want to be like Benny. I want to show grace and mercy when grace has not been shown. I want to show grace and mercy even if I haven't been shown that same grace. I wanna show I want to display that and I wanna offer that freely to the people in my in my circle. This is the challenge, and you know, this I believe to be the thing that, that draws us closest to the heart of God. The thing that we cannot be closer to the heart of God than to to dispense compassion and grace. That's it. To serve, to have an others focused existence. And what a timely message that is for what, all that was going on in our world right now. That's, it's so timely. I need to be, it needs to start with me. I want to be others focused and not solely focused on myself. This is the gospel message according to the Sandlot. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. We thank you so much for the truth in this modern day parable. God, the truth is, is that we... Uh, we live a, a self-focused existence most of the time, and uh, it's our nature. And and we've been set aside as lost causes in our lives, and uh, we know how that feels. We know the heartbreak of that. We also have been given a wonderful gift of grace. It only comes from you. Whether we've whether we've taken that in and, and accepted that or not is 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 uh is up to us. Uh, to To get that figured out. But grace is here for this moment and for every moment hereafter. God, thank you so much for accepting us and not writing us off in our sin, in our humanity, but you, you've loved us with a, a relentless love and you uh, tell us to do the same, to love you and to love others. That is... The essence of the gospel and if we do those two things and we will have done everything required of us and asked of us by you god we thank you for this moment of worship and we thank you for the truth in your word in your name we pray amen thanks for listening to the solomon's porch podcast we hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life if you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.